Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. We had a group of men uh, gather here last night uh, for a men's meeting, and I want to... uh, I want to share with you tonight some of what we talked about because I believe this is not something that's only good for the men of the church, but for everyone that is here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How many football fans we got in the house tonight like football? You got got your team, playoffs now. Buffalo Bills are not in the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, Neither are the Arizona Cardinals. But, uh, but the game of football is an American passion, an American pastime. By far, it makes the most amount of money uh, in the United States uh, in comparison to the other sports team. I've heard that football, as a moneymaker, makes, uh, uh, if you combined all, the, all of the ticket sales and the advertising and all of the, the industry of professional sports in America, if you add it up, Baseball, basketball, and hockey, that even all of the proceeds that come out of those industries would not compare to the amount of money that football makes. It's an incredible, incredible industry. Uh, Americans are in love with football, and uh, pastors usually are not, since most of it happens on Sunday. (laughs) However, uh, I do enjoy the game of football. I enjoy looking at it, and... uh, and even though uh, I'm not a huge fan, but I do enjoy the game. I did have a very short football career myself in junior high school. Uh, As a uh, sophomore, uh, excuse me, as a a freshman, uh, ninth grade, I was very, very skilled at being a tackle dummy and a bench warmer. And uh, the only time the coaches would let me on the field was uh, during a kickoff or uh, receiving a kick. They just said, hey, run from there to there and then come back to the bench quickly. And, uh, but even from there, I, I did learn to appreciate the game of football. And uh, one thing that you learn about, uh, about American football is that it is incredibly complex. There are some simple games. out. Basketball is a pretty simple game. Put the ball in the hoop. But football is, is much more complex. What I mean by that is you have 55, I believe it's 55 members of the team, right? Official 53 members of the team. Uh, and within that group of 53, you know, you have offensive players, you have defensive players, you have special teams. In addition to that, you have a coaching team. In addition to that, you have the ownership of every team. There are various levels of 
uh, of skill that is necessary. On the offensive team, you have, you know, linemen, you have ends, you have tackles, you have centers. Uh, you have the re receivers on the ends, you have the tight ends, you have running backs, you have halfbacks, you have quarterbacks. You got a whole lot of, uh, uh, besides these, you've got, uh, you know, the kickers. Uh, you have the guy, usually a team has a single guy with the job of catching the ball and setting it up for the kicker. He's got that specialty job. Sometimes the quarterback does that. And that's just the offense. Then you switch over to the defense, and you realize that there are so many different positions or so many different specialties. You've got, uh, you've got uh, the linemen. You've got the tackles. You've got the safeties. You've got all of these different uh, positions that are necessary. And I began to think about that. Besides all of those, you've got the coaching staff. And even the coaches, they have specialized coaches for separate parts of the team. You've got an offensive coach. You've got a defensive coach. You've got a special teams coach. You've got a kicking coach. You've got all these different coaches and sub-coaches. And there at the end of the bench, you've got the guy giving out the Gatorade, right? And he's important, too, because we've got to keep these players hydrated. We've got a, somebody who's uh, planning all of the plays. And then we've got the coach at the top making the ultimate decisions, Beyond that, you've also got owners or investors in the team. And they play their part with the financial side. And yet, all of them together with one main goal of winning a Vince Lombardi trophy at the end of the year. It's pretty incredible to me to think of the complexity of all the different pieces and parts that have to work well together on a football team in order to be successful. Just imagine if you tried to play a football game with only quarterbacks. I mean, quarterback gets a lot of the, all, all, the fame and he gets the big paycheck. But if you had a team that was made up of 53 quarterbacks, that would not be very successful, would it? They'd all be throwing the ball at each other, <laughs> not be able to catch it. What if you had a whole team full of centers? They'd be very strong on the line, but they probably couldn't do much else, right? They can't run. Most, most of these guys... Uh, look like they ate 10 Thanksgiving dinners before they got to the, to, the, to the game, you know. But they're incredibly strong. They can hold that line. But I'm saying if you had a, 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 a team made up of only centers, it wouldn't be very good. You had a team made up of only safeties. Boy, they could run. They could go fast. But I tell you, any team that was made up of only one position would be far from successful. They would be the laughing stock. What if you had a team full of kickers? Boy, that, that would be terrible. What we learn tonight from this illustration is that every piece needs to work together well in order to accomplish the task of winning football games. And I want to say to you tonight, kingdom of God is very similar to that. The kingdom of God is, as Paul describes in the chapter that we're about to read, he says that the kingdom of God, the church, is like a body. And the body, having many members, needs to work well together in order to be successful. In a church, in a group of believers that we, like we have here tonight, we have many people that need to do many things. I believe it is your job and mine tonight to discover what it is that you are good at, what it is, the gift that God has given to you to perform, 
and to perform it well in order for the church to be successful. What if we had a church full of preachers? Boy, that might not be good. What if we had a church full of only people who had the spirit of speaking in tongues or only the spirit, only the gift of interpreting the tongues? What we're saying here tonight is that just like a football team, if there's only one position, it doesn't work well. But if everyone would seek out and discover their own position and do it well, and we can find great success in the kingdom. I want to read this scripture together with you tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. I want to preach a message called Using Your Spiritual Gift. And the Bible says these words, beginning with verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. For the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free and all have been made to drink into one spirit. Let's pray for just a moment tonight. Father, we come by the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your power tonight. We're asking that you would pour out the Holy Ghost tonight upon your people. Lord, that each person here would have the sincere desire, Lord, to seek out their spiritual gift and to utilize it, God, for your kingdom in the midst of the assembly of your people. And we thank you for the vision that you've given us as a church, as a fellowship, and as individual believers. We thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen, Amen. using your spiritual gift. I'm a firm believer tonight that if you are saved, that God is faithful to administer to each one of us a spiritual gift. Now, let me just, first of all, define what we are talking about tonight, spiritual gifts. I am not, tonight, talking about talents. Some of us have natural talents in certain areas. Maybe you might have a talent for music. Maybe you might have a talent for sports. Maybe you might have a talent for finances or numbers or uh, something like that. But we are not, tonight, talking about natural talents. What we are specifically being 
uh, uh, taught about in our scripture is spiritual gifts. These are things that we can only do through the power of the Holy Spirit. These are not things that the world has been given. This is something unique to the Christian world and to followers of Jesus. Look at verse 7 of our scripture. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Each one tonight. Let me see your hand if you're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a disciple. If your hand is in the air, it means that the Holy Spirit has distributed to you or will distribute to you over a period of time a spiritual gift that He expects you to use. Now, we know the parable of the talents where, it, where Jesus described a master who had given a sum of money to certain uh, servants that He had. And He gave those sums of money, which in the Scripture is titled as a talent. Don't let that word confuse you, though. We are speaking of the same type of thing. It's a, it is a gathering of money. It's, a, it's an amount that was given to each one. And the master expected these servants to do something with it. And so the first one we know, he took his five talents of money, and he invested them, he worked them, he started a business, and was successful. And he produced, out of the five, he produced five more. And when the master came back, he said, I, you gave me five. I'm returning to you 10. What a good investment. 100% investment, right? And uh, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. There was also another servant that received two talents, two sums of money. And, uh, And the same was true, that he took those two and invested them, did well with them, and doubled them. At the end of the allotted time, the master came back and says, here are your two back, and I have produced two more. Another very good investment. And then we have what the Bible calls the unprofitable servant. Everybody say the word unprofitable. You ought to take this very seriously tonight. Because it says in in that scripture that the master had given this man one talent and that this man was afraid of the master. He said, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to make a mistake. So here's what I'll do. I'll take that sum of money and I'll put it under the mattress. I'll just keep it safe so that nobody comes in and steals it. And at the end of the time, the master came back to that servant and he said, listen, you know, I'm not very smart. I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, here's that amount of money. I just, just give it back to you. Thanks for letting me take care of that. And now you would think that that was not really a big deal. But to the master, it was a massive deal. And he said, take this unprofitable servant and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's pretty serious. What do we learn from that that parable? I'll tell you what we should learn. Is that when God gives us something, he expects us to use it and utilize it for his kingdom. And that is true of your life. Every day that you live is a gift from God. It's like a talent. It's a It's a sum of money. It's a sum of truth that God has put into us and expects a return on that investment. Well, that is true of your life. It's true of your time. It's true of your money tonight. And it's true also of the spiritual gift. If you are saved tonight, I believe our scripture tells us that each one, listen again to that scripture, verse 7, the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit 
of all. Do you see the word prophet? Prophet. God is looking tonight for spiritual prophet. And that's why he gives us spiritual gifts. Now, I'm going to need some help from the ushers tonight. Uh, so you, you all know that I have two girls in my house. As I was putting this sermon together, I thought, you know what would be really cool? If I had a jigsaw puzzle as an illustration. So I found a jigsaw puzzle, but the only one I could find was um, the glitter puzzle beanie boo jigsaw puzzle. So I would like the ushers to come forward if you could. Don't worry, I'm not taking an offering again. I know you start getting nervous when I say those words. I'd like the ushers to come forward. Start clutching wallets and pockets. All right, so this is a uh, jigsaw puzzle. I'd like you to hand out all of the pieces of that puzzle until all of them are gone. So give everybody an equal amount, maybe two or three each, until everybody has uh, all of that puzzle in your hands tonight. I know this is going to be very difficult. So just like in the same way that we have all received a spiritual gift, you all are going to receive a piece of this puzzle tonight, a few pieces. And as those are handing out, I want you to try to also pay attention to what I'm saying. But let's just imagine tonight that these puzzle pieces are like those spiritual gifts. In the same way tonight, spiritual gifts are not something that you earn. They are things that you are given. In other words, what I'm saying to you this evening is that a spiritual gift is not something you can generate on your own. In the same way that somebody is handing you this piece of a puzzle, in the same way, God gives us all spiritual gifts just because we are part of His church, part of His kingdom, a member of His body. Let me just remind you, you did not earn that puzzle piece tonight. Nobody, nothing has qualified you for this puzzle piece. You were, it was simply given to you by our bouncers, I mean our, our ushers. <laughs> now it's also true tonight, uh, as I said, it's not the same as a talent, but I would say that often God will give us spiritual gifts that may align with our natural talents and something that we enjoy doing in this life, not always, but many times. In the same way tonight, a spiritual gift is created by God, and He is the one who distributes His gifts as He desires. I believe tonight that we in this place, we have different spiritual gifts. As a pastor of this church, over time, I understood that God had given me a spiritual gift of teaching, even, uh, even when I was a new convert. Uh, I, I found and, and God helped me to discover that, uh, that I had a certain way that, of explaining things to certain people and they would respond to that teaching. And uh, so I had a passion for Bible studies. I loved going to Bible studies, discussing the Word of God and talking about the things of God. And uh, eventually that led to a preaching ministry. So in the same way tonight that, uh, that I discovered that I had a spiritual gift, uh, you can discover that as well. Some of you tonight, uh, we have Brother Dave, who is the church treasurer. If you didn't know that, he oversees and helps us with our church finances. Uh, Dave has a talent, a spiritual gift for, the, uh, for giving and 
for financial administration. And so, because of that, we've employed him in the ministry of watching over the church finances. Now, I want to just encourage you tonight that, that if you are saved, that you've got a piece of the puzzle in your life. Now, I want you to just look at that spiritual gift you've got in your hand. Everybody take a look at it. Now, take a wrap, now as you're looking at your uh, piece of the puzzle, and look around at the pieces of the puzzle that other people have around you. Just look around. And as you're looking around and comparing these pieces, you're going to discover a couple of things. Number one, you will discover that every piece is unique. There is not two pieces that are exactly the same, are they? Every piece is unique. It has its own special color. It has its own special shape. And yet at the same time, you will discover that, that uh, they have similar shapes. That even though they're not identical, they, they share a certain resemblance, right? There's not one that has massive corners or something like that. But they are all a certain basic size and a certain basic shape, even though they're all unique. In the same way tonight, spiritual gifts are unique to each and every person. A spiritual gift is unique to you. Uh, even though they all come from the same Holy Spirit, and together they all uh, will make a beautiful picture of beanie boos. Some of you have corner pieces or edge pieces. Some of you have interior pieces. And I want to tell you that spiritual gifts are like this. They all come from the same Holy Spirit, and yet each one is unique. Paul points out in our scripture that these gifts are unique in three separate ways. All right, follow with me here tonight. First of all, we see that there are varieties of gifts. The word in the Greek language, when the Bible speaks about a spiritual gift, the word that is used in Greek is the word charisma. The same word where we get charismatic. Or if we if we have a, a if you see a person who has a certain dynamic personality, you might say that they're a very charismatic person. This is the word in the Greek that's used for spiritual gift. The word is related for the, to the word grace. Everybody say the word grace. How many of you have received grace from God? These words, charisma, is very closely related to the word grace in the New Testament. It, it, that's exactly what I've tried to explain to you, is that it's not something that is earned or deserved. It's not something you can generate on your own. It is the Holy Spirit who distributes to each one a grace, something that you can use for God's kingdom. That's the first thing we see is varieties of gifts. Secondly, we see that there are varieties of service. Everybody say the word service. Another word that you might see in the New Testament is the word ministry. So the original word in the Greek language is the word diakonos, diakonos. It's the same word where we get the word deacon. Maybe you've heard of church deacons, right? It's the same word in the Greek. Uh, it's the word diakonos, and it simply means a minister. In fact, uh, if you've ever visited other countries, you might have noticed that in, in some uh, countries in their government, you have the titles, official titles of people who lead the government is a minister. You have a minister of finance. You have a minister of uh, of uh, 
uh, health services or you have a, you know, a ministry of defense, the ministry of the... And, and so in the same way like we have secretaries in the United States government, they would call them ministers in other governments. This is the same idea in the Bible. Your spiritual gifts are like a ministry. It is something that we use for serving other people. In other words, that these pieces that we have in our hands tonight, it's not just something for us to study and look at and observe and appreciate. It is something to be used. One of the problems that we see in many Christian churches is that we, we believe that every believer has received a spiritual gift, has received a grace from God, and yet those graces, like the buried talent, are not being used. So I want you to understand tonight that these spiritual gifts that you've received are supposed to be used. And finally, we see that there are varieties of activities. The Greek word uh, that, it, that Paul uses is the same word where we get the word energy, dynamic. In the New Testament, that word is only used to describe the power of God, not human power. And so we see that these spiritual gifts are not human in nature. They are divine. It is the Spirit of God that moves through the believer through the outworking of spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not here tonight to tell you what your spiritual gift is. That's your job to figure it out. In the same way tonight that you have received a piece of the puzzle, and yet at this very moment, you don't know exactly where it fits. You don't know who it's going to connect with, do you? You don't know exactly where on the picture it's going to end up. But all you know at this point is that you have one, that it's been given to you by me, <laughs> and that it fits in together with the other pieces. In the same way tonight, the spiritual gifts that we've received, they are given by God, and they are designed to be used together in connection with other believers. If we look at the Word of God, we discover that there are several lists that have been put together by the various authors of the New Testament for what kind of spiritual gifts are there. In, our, in the scripture that we started with tonight, there is a list of spiritual gifts. And I would say tonight that the, this is not exclusive. This is not something that, we, uh, that, that is limited to only this list. There are many lists in the Bible. So here in our scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have the list that starts in verse 8. To one is given the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. To another, faith. To another, gift of healing. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of those tongues. This is not an exhaustive list. This is not a complete list, but it's a way that we can get started. And so when we're looking at the pieces that we've been given in our hands, when we begin to examine the spiritual gifts, this is a great place to start in Scripture. If you are serious tonight about your faith and about your life with God, it is very important for you and I to begin examining, God, what is the spiritual gift that you placed in my life? And how is it that I can utilize that for your kingdom to move beyond the spectator Christianity and move into the true spirituality that you have given to me. 
There's another list of uh, spiritual gifts in 1 Peter chapter 4. There's also a list that is given in Ephesians chapter 4. And if you were to try to list them, you might get between 8 or 28 different spiritual gifts. Many of these are overlapping one over another. But the point is tonight that it's not my job to figure this out. This is something like a football team. Very complex. Different moving pieces. There's some people who are gifted with preaching. Some who are gifted at giving. Some who are gifted at encouragement. Some who are gifted with showing mercy. Some who are gifted with hospitality. Showing kindness. Showing mercy and grace to others. And the point is, We can't have a church full of just one. The point is that every believer needs to pursue the spiritual gift that they've been given. Hopefully tonight, as you begin to mature in your walk with Christ, that you will begin to understand what your spiritual gift is from the Lord and begin to utilize it for His kingdom. Let's look now. That these pieces that we've been given, these gifts, are useless unless they're put together. Stay with me here tonight. Now, if all we could do is stop at this moment, so far I've given you a description of what the spiritual gifts are. I've told you that as a believer that you have received a gift from God, a gift or two perhaps. If all we did was just take the pieces out and begin to examine them, that is not enough. As we mentioned, these pieces are absolutely worthless and useless if they are separated and on their own. And so just like your puzzle piece that you have in your hand, spiritual gifts are not designed to operate independently. Have you ever come across someone who calls themselves a believer but is disconnected from the body of Christ completely? You ever want, here, here, common denominator of somebody who, is, who calls themselves a believer but is completely disconnected from the body? You know, you know what's often true of them? They're very strange people. They don't get along with others. They often have a spirit of rejection. You try to connect to them, and they automatically cause you to reject them for some reason. And so these are people, you know, I've run across people on outreach, and I'll knock on their door, and they'll say, hey, my name's Adam, I'm the pastor from the church over there, Potter's house, and they say, oh, praise the Lord, I'm a prophet. Oh, good, what church do you go to? I don't go to church. I don't like church. I don't like organized religion. Then what are you doing, bro? You watching TV, you know? If you have, if you're truly a prophet of God, that is something that would work very well in the context of the body of believers, wouldn't it? Have you run across somebody who calls themselves, yes, uh, I'm an apostle. Call me apostle. Oh, really? How many churches have you planted? (laughs) How many churches have you started? Oh, no, I, uh, I don't talk to Christians. Oh. See, the spiritual gifts are only useful when we begin to put them together. They're not designed to operate on their own. In other words, these gifts only have meaning when they are linked together with the other pieces. If all you did tonight is hung on to your piece of the puzzle and you said, ooh, isn't this pretty? Oh, I like those colors. 
Oh, and, and I like how my one bump comes out this way and how the other bump comes out that way. And all we did was we sat at home on our couch and, 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 uh, and began to just stare at our puzzle piece. You know, that, that is just an exercise in foolishness. The only time that having these pieces would make sense is when we begin to truly study them and begin to start putting them together. They are not designed to serve themselves. They are not designed to be kept to yourself. Apparently tonight, the people in the church in Corinth, they were having a hard time figuring this out. This is why Paul has to address the topic in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They were using the gifts as a way of seeking attention for themselves. This is often what happens in the body of Christ. Say, well, I've got the gift of speaking, preaching, and teaching. And so that means that I'm going to have the prominence past the buckets. This is what most of Christian television, unfortunately, has become. At the, the, uh, the, the prosperity gospel that says, oh, you know, you're not really a Christian unless you uh, drive a Mercedes Benz or unless you're financially blessed, a false gospel. And so much of that is pervade on uh, Christian television stations by false prophets. And what that is is a spiritual gift. Truly, these men have spiritual gifts, and women, by the way, have spiritual gifts. And yet, what they're doing is using it to to exalt themselves above the rest, to make a name for themselves, to buy planes and bigger planes. (laughs) Far too often, the spiritual gifts, uh, we, we think that they are given to us in order to give ourselves more prominence, and that is far from the purpose. It would like being say, it would like, it would be like saying, oh, my puzzle piece is so much better than yours. Look at it. Mine has sparkles on it. <laughs> Mine has pink and blue. Yellow, ew. I don't like yellow pieces. I know Robbie likes the yellow pieces. <laughs> but how foolish is that? Your puzzle piece is so useless and meaningless until it is connected with the other puzzle pieces. Have you ever tried to put together a jigsaw puzzle? How many here, you're good with jigsaw puzzles? All right, I need a couple volunteers. All right, Leanna's going to be one, and my mom will be the second. Okay, I'd like you to find your station over here by the table. I I, I wish that I could have everybody standing around the table, but for the sake of of organization, we're going to have two puzzle piece makers. So what we're going to do is one by one, we're going to go across, and we're going to have each person take your puzzle pieces, and we're going we're gonna to bring them over to the table, and you're going to assist and see if you can help. And we're going to let Leanna and my mom try to put this thing together. This is a 100-piece puzzle piece, so I believe we could do this in just a few minutes. So let's start with right here, Alon. You can go and begin to try to put these together. In the church, in the Corinthian church, they were using their puzzle pieces. They were using their gifts in a way that was bringing prominence. And so Paul has to begin to address this problem. Some people, you know, the strategy of putting together puzzle pieces, sometimes it's easy to put the edges, you know, first and make the outline. Sometimes it's, it's better to put the, uh, the, the certain colors. You group the colors in, 
in certain places, and then you begin, oh, we better get the box so they know what they're doing. And I want to tell you that with the spiritual gifts, we also have a guide, don't we? Just like the puzzle piece, Brother Chris is going to bring our, uh, our, uh, our sparkly, what is it? Glitter baby booze? Beanie booze? God, and, and just like we have a guide, we're going to need a guide here. We're going to need a master plan to put this thing together. So we can keep going, each one. It's, it's, yeah, go ahead. And, and just like we need a guide, we need a master plan. Can I tell you tonight, we've got a master plan. We've got a guide that we can look at. This is not just something that some person put together. This is not Pastor Mitchell's guide to building the kingdom of God. No, this is God's spirit at work through his people. I know this is going to be hard to pay attention to me tonight, but I want you to try your best as we're trying to put the puzzle pieces together. We always start tonight, but you know, Paul is telling us the same idea when it comes to the spiritual gifts. He says that just like a football team is very complex, you know, this is not an easy thing that they're doing over here. There's, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of things that have to go right in order for this puzzle to get together. In the same way, Paul uses the illustration of the body. How many are grateful for your body tonight? You, you better be. Because without your body working well together, you're not going to be able to do much in life, right? You're going to have to have a body that agrees with itself. Your body has to be in unison. We all have a brain. We have a master control center. And you know, it's, it, you know what's incredible to me to think about? It's that your brain does so many things without you even having to think about it. Isn't that incredible? Like, like how about keeping your heart beating at the constant rate that it needs to go? Like, you didn't have to think about that and say, okay, I need to set my heart rate to 95 while I'm sitting here. Okay, good, that's better. Or if you start running, you know, you got to think to yourself, oh, I better turn up the, the pace here. Get up to about 130 so I, can, so I can run down the road and chase the ice cream truck, you know. Isn't it amazing? You know, you, you didn't have to, to think about processing your lunch today. Your body just did that for you. You didn't have to think about blinking. You know, <laughs> that's funny. You know, sometimes uh, you don't think about blinking until somebody talks about it, and then you start noticing, oh, wow, I blink a lot. <laughs> I have to keep my eyes lubricated. You know, you, you don't think about the, these things. Your body just does them for you. Because it, could you just imagine... I've met somebody that they couldn't blink properly. It was, it was an amazing thing that, that they, whenever they would blink, they didn't have the tears to lubricate their eyes. So they were constantly having to put drops in their eyes to lubricate. Just that one little thing caused so much problems for this guy. And constantly, every five minutes, he'd have to whoop, whoop, because the, the tears were not being... Uh, created the way that the body is supposed to. Isn't that amazing? And so when one thing is off, the body begins to break down. Paul uses this illustration in the scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, just like there's one body, but there are many members. There's one puzzle tonight, but there are many pieces. How are we doing over here? There's one puzzle, but there's many pieces. There is complexity, and yet there is a master plan that these faithful ladies 
are beginning now. We're starting to see an outline of something helpful, something useful, something beautiful, something cute from our little beanie baby boo sparkly puzzle. I thank God I have two girls. <laughs> in the same way tonight in a church, you know, when a church first begins, there's a lot of chaos. You know, we announced that there are new churches being launched out in the conference, and there, here's a, a man and his wife who are going to go into a new city, and the man's going to start preaching, and his wife and kids are going to be there listening, and hopefully there's going to be people that start to get saved and come in. This is what it's like to pioneer a church. You have pieces that are coming in and getting saved, and God begins to distribute the gifts, and just like our pieces, we have no idea where they fit. We don't know what we're doing. All we know is that we're showing up on Sunday, and somehow this is going to work. But as a church grows in age, as believers grow in maturity, we start to see something beginning to form over here, don't we? We start to see an outline. We start to see the colors begin to line up. We start to see the outlines of faces and little monkeys and, and, uh, and little trees and, and the sparkles are beginning to line up and we see the outside pieces becoming a shape and we see the inside pieces beginning to form in the same way. Listen, church, what we're seeing right now in our congregation, we're seeing the beginnings of what God is doing in Virginia Beach. We're seeing leaders begin to emerge. We're seeing finances begin to be poured out. We're seeing people begin. See, what we need tonight is we, we need to see people begin to form their own ministries. I want to tell you something. As the pastor of this church, God has given me spiritual gifts to administer in the house of God, but I can't do everything. Good Lord knows. I can do only a few things very well. There's a lot of things that I can't do very well just like a quarterback on a football team. Could you imagine if the quarterback tried to win the game all by himself? He couldn't do it. And so tonight is true of this fellowship, of this church, this group of believers. What we need is people to begin taking on responsibilities, taking on different ministries, beginning to step out in faith, beginning to do things for the kingdom. And we begin to see the outline of something powerful that God is doing in our midst. Can you say amen? What we're seeing on this table over here, beginning to come together. But something begins. This is what happens in the body of Christ. That as each member does its own individual part, something begins to emerge. Something that's beyond our own ability. They, we talk about dynamic or dynamism. You know what that means? If something is dynamic, it means uh, that we have synergy. The word synergy, it means that we have more power together than we do separate. The old illustration goes that, uh, that there was a farmer and he's trying to, uh, he's trying to move a, uh, a load of hay. And so he discovers that you know, he can load up the cart full of hay and he puts the horse to pull the cart. And he discovers how much hay he can put onto that cart before the horse can no longer pull it. And let's say it's 2,000 pounds. Okay, a horse, a pr pretty strong, right? One horsepower. Uh, can, you can hook the horse up to the cart, and he can pull 2,000 pounds all by himself. Now, you would think that if he got another horse and put it right next to that horse, how much would it be able to pull together? 
Well, you would think, you know, 4,000 pounds. That would make sense if this horse can do 2,000 and this horse can do 2,000. Then you can load up about 4,000 pounds of, 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 of hay. But the honest truth is tonight that if you did that exact same thing, that you could load that cart with more than 4,000 pounds and the team together can pull more than when they're separated. This is true in the kingdom. Because when we take our spiritual gifts, the ones you've been given, the ones I've been given, and begin to exercise them and use them together, then what happens is something far greater than any one of us operating on our own. It's the same with a football team. It's the same with any sports team. That if we take our individual talents, our individual skills, our individual strengths and weaknesses, add them together, then we can do far more than we ever could on our own. There are some people tonight claim to be followers of Christ. They show up to church, and yet they have never truly repented and converted, become true Christians. Right? In America, we have the great problem of false converts. And so it's no wonder why, uh, why they don't have a spiritual gift. So if that's your problem tonight, there's going to be an altar where you can be saved and the Holy Spirit can begin to move through you. Then we have some believers who are following Christ, who truly are saved. They're in the body, and yet, like, like, a, like a organ that begins to shut down. Uh, we just were at the church. Uh, pa- Patrick mentioned this morning how we went to the church of Pastor James Martinez over in Glendale, Arizona. For the last couple of years, he had a terrible problem. His liver began to shut down. He went to the doctor many, many times, his liver shutting down, and they told him, uh, you know, uh, James, if you don't get a new liver, you're going to die. And so they got him on the list for a transplant, <laughs> and he's so funny. Finally, about six months ago, they found, they found a donor. He, it was uh, unfortunate. It was a young guy uh, who was in a car accident, passed away. And, uh, and they were able to utilize this liver and, and transplant it into Pastor James Martinez. What a miracle. Six months ago, uh, he was a frail human being. And you know why? Because one of the members of his body began to shut down. And that one action, that, the failing of that liver began to affect the rest of his life. You should have seen it. He became uh, almost a skeleton, skin and bones, because his liver was shutting down. And immediately he got that new lever. He said, I love my new white boy liver. <laughs> He's a Mexican, if you don't know, uh, James Martin. He says, I love my new white boy liver. <laughs> Pastor, uh, Pastor uh, um, give me a second. No, not Frankie Chi. Bob Alvarez. Pastor Bob Alvarez, we went out for lunch during the conference. And, uh, and so Pastor Martinez was right there. Pastor Bob Alvarez was right there, and, and we were asking him about the new liver that he got. He said, yeah, I love my new white boy liver. And, uh, and, and he says, yeah, I used to eat tortillas and, uh, and tacos and burritos. And he says, now all I want to eat is mashed potatoes because <laughs> I got my new white boy liver. And he's gaining weight all of a sudden. Pastor Alvarez is li- listening to this, and he, he says, oh, you've been delivered 
<laughs> he said, I've been waiting 39 years for an opportunity to tell that one. But isn't it amazing? As soon as the new liver was implanted, his life began to, his body began to work right. He begins to, to gain weight. He has the color back in his face. And all of a sudden, he's preaching with new fire. He's got something, uh, he's got a new chance at life. Wow, you are already done with that? We're missing three organs. So let me, let me give you this, uh, this illustration there. So let me look over here at this beautiful uh, bean baby glitter puzzle. We've got a cute little elephant. We've got a nice little monkey. And we've got a little giraffe. Now I can tell. I can, even though there's some pieces missing, I can tell what the picture looks like. But even though I can already tell what it is, it's not complete. Do you know why? Because there are pieces missing. In the church today, it, is it possible that we have people operating your spiritual gifts? We have people who have stepped out in faith and who are doing things for the kingdom. And God begins to form something that is useful for His kingdom. And yet, if there are one or two or only three that are not doing their part, it begins to have an effect on the rest of the puzzle. Now, what I didn't tell you is that I've got a couple pieces up here of my own. <laughs> and so I want to encourage you because maybe you are like me. Maybe secretly, you've got a secret spiritual gift. Maybe it's something you're afraid of using. Maybe you think that if you use this, that all of a sudden you're going to be accountable to everybody else. So you leave it hidden. Maybe you're thinking to yourself tonight, oh, I don't, I don't you know, I, don't, I just don't have time to do that. Because I got this and I got that. This is... And, oh, I don't have time to put this in the, in the puzzle. And we can continue on without you, but there's pieces missing. God is trying to put the team together. We have coaches. We have quarterbacks. We have running backs. We have ends. We have tackles. But there's some positions that are missing still. Is it you? Do you have the pieces tucked away in your pocket tonight? keeping them from the body of Christ. And you might think that you're doing yourself a favor, but can I remind you, you're actually hurting yourself. You are a member of the same body. If you're saved and you're hiding your gift, you are also causing harm to yourself, not just to the rest of the body. And so I want to encourage you tonight Maybe you have the spiritual gift. Maybe tonight, no, not maybe. You do have a spiritual gift, but maybe you haven't examined it well. You haven't taken the time and the energy to figure out what it is. You haven't taken the time to seek spiritual guidance of people around you, people that care about you. You haven't taken the time to go to the coach, the pastor, and say, hey, I've got this piece. Where do you think I fit in? to this puzzle. I would love to help you with that. We have so many needs in the kingdom. We have so many positions that are open. 
And yet, if you keep these hidden away tonight, then you are hurting the kingdom and you are hurting yourself. My call, my challenge tonight to discover your gift and to put it to work for the kingdom. We have enough people sitting on the sidelines. In the football game, it's 90% of the people that are there are up in the stands eating hot dogs and watching the show. And only a few that are actually playing in the game. Let it never be in the church that we have 10% on the field doing something for God and 90% sitting around watching, hot dog in hand. Good job! Keep it up! If nothing else, you could serve as a bad example. I want to encourage you tonight to use the gift God has given to you. Let's bow our heads tonight. And close our eyes. Special thank you to the puzzle piece putter togethers tonight. Appreciate your ministry. <laughs> when the pieces come together. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.